Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Welcome, my guest, Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah, how are you doing tonight, bro? Isaiah, I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for having me on the broadcast. Really uh, looking forward to uh, what God's going to do tonight. Yes, man. Thank you so much for being on. I know some of you are, a lot of you already know him, but I know there's a lot of of our viewers that don't know him. And Jeremiah, I just want to say to our viewers, you have had such a major impact on my life personally. You've given me some super specific prophetic words that no one else would have gave me that really changed the trajectory of our entire ministry at large on several occasions. Um, We've been connected, if you guys don't know, for several years now i've preached for him he's come and preached for me we've done many events together we already have some events next year planned that maybe he'll talk about but i'm telling you you've been such a major impact i know you're super busy i know your schedule's packed i know you have a crazy busy few weeks and so i want to say from me to you Thank you so much for being on the broadcast. Thank you for being here tonight. I value your voice. I appreciate you as a brother. You've always been somebody that I could just text or call and just vomit out everything going on on you and just you know pour out on you. So I really want to say, man, I appreciate you. I thank you for being on. I really believe, man, that we're in a time where we need the spirit of prophecy more than ever. We need believers to begin to prophesy. I was thinking of the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel, where I believe, man, is the state of the American church. There is an incredible dullness, a dryness, and a deadness over the the church and I was thinking about in Ezekiel 37 where God said Ezekiel the answer to a dry dead church is for you to prophesy to the dry bones and I'm going to turn these bones into an army and I believe God is going to use prophetic preaching in this generation to turn the church from being a dead dry place to being an alive active army I believe the prophetic preaching brings dead things to life and I just want to tell the chat here as we get started that if there's dead things in your life if your marriage has been dead if your family feels spiritually dead if your ministry I know we have about 900 people watching there's hundreds of pastors that wrote me that are going to be on here and I believe tonight even as you speak Jeremiah I believe God is bringing life to dead churches I believe God is bringing life to dead ministries God is bringing life to dead Christians and I heard you say one thing when I was with you um, one of the times you said Isaiah the Lord told me that the deeper the church goes to sleep the louder I'm going to yell and so I believe there's an urgency right now for the body of Christ to wake up out of their slumber I would love for you just to share some of your testimony I know everyone watches you they see your dreams they see your prophetic words they see what god is doing through your ministry and i I know many people haven't heard your testimony i'd love for you to share some of your testimony how you got into the prophetic and then whatever god just has has put on you man just feel free to go for it awesome well you're triggering so much in me already so I'm, i'm ready to blast off well, man, again, thank you so much for having me, Isaiah. It's been a real joy to get connected uh, with you and travel and preach and, uh, you know, families know one another, all of that on the stage, off the stage, just really uh, in- enjoy you guys. But, hey, man, listen, you know, I, I come by way of the prophetic uh, supernaturally. Uh, something that I always tell people is, especially, you know, if God has called you to be a prophet, you don't choose to be a prophet. God calls you. You know, th- this isn't something where you know, you fill out a job application. And I honestly don't believe that about any of the fivefold ministries. It's, you know, you hear people in our generation, well, I want to be an apostle or I want to be an evangelist. Listen, you know, some went and some were sent. You know, unfortunately, there's so much ministry going on in the body of Christ uh, just by mere human wisdom and not the power of God. And just really want to encourage, you know, people that are watching the stream tonight 
man, you know, people all the time, well, you know, I have a call and my question is who called you? Uh, you know, it, well, you know, somebody laid hands on me. No, you know, have you heard the voice of God for yourself call you, you know, Isaiah, as you know, because when God doesn't call you and you hit the wilderness, you hit the trials, you hit the temptations. If God truly hasn't called you, uh, you're, you're just going to, you know, jump off the deep end. You're going to question God. You're going to ruin other people's lives. And so I think the call is so important. But for me, my mom had a dream when I was in her womb to name me Jeremiah. It was a supernatural birth experience. The Lord told her that the devil would try to kill me on multiple occasions in my life. So I was born dead. The cord was wrapped around my neck three times. I was actually delivered by a Jewish doctor who was in Israel. I, I believe that God even sowed Israel. I've been there 10 times now. Uh, it's my favorite place. But God even sowed Israel into my birth experience. Uh, my son, his name is Israel David. But, you know, there's something special that happens at our birth. Um, I always say, Isaiah, prophets, if they're truly called, they're either called from the womb or they're called from the tomb. And what I mean by that is God either calls prophets from their mother's womb or through the new birth, through the tomb. So a lot of a lot of individuals, they maybe weren't called from their mother's womb, but they were called from a radical mm. life of drugs and alcohol, fornication. I mean, they were dead in their trespasses and sin. And God came in and radically called them and set them free. So um, I want to emphasize the call. And then Isaiah, the, the kind of the three things that I like to talk about is the call the consecration, and then the commissioning. Because what is happening in our generation is people, they have a call. And, and for some of them, it's absolutely legit. But they think because I'm called, I've been commissioned into ministry. And so they, they resist or they just try to take a free pass out of the consecration out of the wilderness, you know, every true prophet, if they're a true prophet, and, you know, for those of you watching, I, Isaiah, I mentioned to you, I've written so many books on the prophetic. I want to try to stay away from the mechanics of prophecy for our time tonight. If you want any of my prophetic books, you can just go to jeremiahjohnson.tv. Um, there's our whole libraries there. I think I've written 12 or 13 now, but I just want to separate. You have the gift of prophecy and then the actual calling of a prophet. Those are two very different things. You have the gift of prophecy, which is available to all believers, 1 Corinthians 14, but prophets, the way that I describe it is they themselves are the gift to the body. So if I'm a believer, I can flow in prophecy as a gift of the Holy Spirit. But if God has called me as a prophet, I myself am the gift. I don't have to try to be prophetic. I just am. But what also separates the two is the process of consecration and the wilderness that a prophet will go through is entirely different than someone that just has the gift of prophecy. So 
I've been training and equipping profits. I mean, it's it's up near 10,000, to be honest with you, all over the world the last 15 years, um, just doing prophetic training. I can smell them from a mile away. I could give you a prophetic profile. I know the difference between the prophetic and the prophet. Again, I want to be clear. I believe part of the problem in the body of Christ is a lot of people are trying to be prophets that are not. And then when people are actually called to be prophets, they don't really have an understanding of the wilderness and of the trials, the tests and the temptation. And a lot of it, Isaiah, it's not because what they're going through. And I, I sense this for, for some people watching what you're going through is not because of the sin in your life. It's because of the call on your life. And some of you really need to hear that, you know, things are, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you're getting cut on. God is dealing with you. He's, you know, the wilderness is where selfish ambition is crushed out of us. We die to self. We learn how to pick up our cross and follow him. We're not here to represent ourselves. We're here to represent Christ. And so the, the, the calling and then the commissioning, you know, and, and, you know, okay, so I've got a ministry, I got a prophetic word, I'm ready to launch my ministry. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, Jesus, for example, he, you know, he was called, of course, but he was called and then he was consecrated for 30 years for a three and a half year commissioning. You know, you have David was anointed king over Israel by Samuel, and then he was in the wilderness being chased by a demonized leader for almost 12 years, Isaiah, before he's crowned king of Israel. I mean, how many people do you meet? They went to a meeting, they went to a prophetic school, they got told they're prophetic, and then all of a sudden they're just launched into ministry the next day. They've not been processed. They've not been fathered. They have no accountability. They haven't been crushed yet. And what happens is we have a generation of shooting stars rather than shining stars. And so you see these voices, they just shoot up, they get influence, they get popularity, and their gift takes them where their character can't keep them. And so I, I preach and I am much more of a believer in fruit rather than impact. I believe a lot of what you see, Isaiah, um, even on the road, even traveling, you and I can have an impact on people, but the real fruit is our marriage and our family. And I'm just going to tell you, man, that there are a lot of fivefold ministers that have way bigger impact in the nation than they're actually bearing forth fruit because they have refused the consecration. They have refused the accountability. So if you're watching on here tonight, I just really encourage you, whether you feel that call to be a prophet, or maybe you just want to function in the gift of prophecy that brings encouragement and comfort and strength to the people of God. There is a process that's required to operate in the prophetic. And my heart, Isaiah, just aches and burns for a generation to really take seriously. Amen. You're called. That's not really the issue. The issue is, are you willing to submit to a process that's not microwavable? You know, when Elijah washed Elisha's hands in the Old Testament, that was an act of humiliation. 
a lot of people don't understand that then what Elijah, you know, they talk about the double portion and all of these things, the impartation. Listen, real biblical impartation comes through fathering. A lot of people, they're just looking for someone to slap them upside the head and, and on altar or stand them up and prophesy to them. Listen, if there's somebody out there that's carrying what you desire, I always tell people you need to sow where you want to go. I I am a byproduct, you know, I and I'm just going to be real tonight with the audience. People look at the visibility that God has given me, the reach, all the books, all of these things, planted churches at such a young age. And they're like, how did you do that? Well, of course, God called me young, but I was also fathered young and I'm still being fathered. I meet with the spiritual father every Tuesday for hours. So I am a byproduct of fathering and a process. Isaiah, I know you have the same thing too, to be honest with, with the audience, you know, listen, when I met Isaiah, I liked the fire. I liked the gift. But my very first question to him was, who do you have in your life that's holding you accountable? When you told me your uncle Nino and you were connected, I knew that you would make it. And so I just want our audience being more, you know, there's got to be more than being impressed with someone's dream or word of knowledge or vision and their impact. Folks, where's the fruit let where where are the men and women in the body of Christ that are delivering us the word of the Lord with 20, 30, 40, 50 years of faithfulness and character and marriage and family to back it up? Um, one of the things, Isaiah, that you run into in the prophetic, and I know it well, is the rogue, loose cannon. I, I follow God and I don't need to follow man. Why, why people separate that and think that they're so spiritual is crazy. And they want to use examples in the scriptures out of context. You know, I like to use the example of Paul and Barnabas. Paul, who wrote the entire, most of the New Testament, he was fathered by Gamaliel, who was at the time one of the most brilliant um, Jewish uh, scholars of his day who Paul personally sat underneath. And then when Paul got a revelation of Jesus Christ, he goes to Antioch in Acts 13 and the elders lay hands on Paul and Barnabas and send them out underneath a relational covering. But we have people in the body, they're just, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophetic. They're, they're flying around like a seagull, vomiting on people, flying in and out just as fast as they came in. So we've got to do better. If Paul, the apostle, had to have hands laid on him and sent, and by the way, Isaiah, he went back. He not only went out, but he reported back to his home sending church who sent him. I just want to speak to some folks on the stream that are gifted, called dreams, visions, revelation. I'm unimpressed. I, I believe God is unimpressed. He's not impressed with the gifts he's given you, but God is impressed with those who humble themselves, 
who want to be relationally connected, who want to submit their ministries and love to older fathers. So I just got to give the Lord praise, but I got to give credit where credit is due. I'm indebted to Lauren Sanford out in Denver, Colorado, who when I emerged on the scene, he began to father me and rebuke me and correct me. And I submitted all my words to him. And I've had other different fathers. And again, to this day, every week, even as big of a, of a platform as I have, I'm still being cut on. I'm still being corrected. I'm still being looked in the eyes every week by a spiritual father saying, I don't really care about your impact around the world. How's your marriage? How are your kids doing? We, we need that in our lives. So I hope this is okay. I know it's challenging for people to hear this, um, but it's, it's just part of my, my heartbeat. And I just want to say too, Jeremiah, I think this is part of what God is doing right now. There is a cleansing happening, I believe, and you've written a book on this, but there's a cleansing happening in the house of God. If you look at when Jesus started his ministry, the Bible shows us he started it by cleaning out the church. He came in with a whip and didn't drive people in the church the way we're seeing it happen in America where we're begging people to come in. He drove religious people out of the church and began to reestablish and say, guys, we're, we've created churches that are run more like like corporate America than the house of God. And I believe that Jesus is coming back to cleanse his church once again right now. And we can go on about this, but there's a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of, as you're saying, prophetic voices that are being exposed, that God is removing the, and exposing them and removing the covering that they've had and exposing their secret sin. And some of the greatest men of God, which we don't need to mention any names that we follow, that we know of, are being exposed as we speak. I think really the time of this movie star evangelist the time of playing religion, the time of playing games are over. God is looking for a remnant in the earth. God is looking for end time watchmen that are going to preach the word with power and with authority. And this is what people are starving with. If you look at your videos and the growth of that hundreds of thousands of views, people flooding the meetings, being sold out, can't even get in the building. It's showing us that we are living in a famine for the words of God. We're living in a famine Many people always say, well, we need to feed the people in Africa. And listen, I believe we need to feed the people in Africa. People say we need to feed the people in India. We need to feed the children, all these. And these are all amazing things. But my question all the time is what about all the starving, the millions of starving people that sit every Sunday morning that don't get the word of God preached to them, that don't see miracles, that don't see signs, that don't see wonders. And I'm praying and I've cried out saying, Lord, where are the prophetic voices, true prophetic voices? I'm not talking about weird people or as you're saying, people that have no character but where are the genuine prophets that your hand is on that you're raising up the David Wilkerson's of our generation a lot of these men have passed on to be with God and God is now having to raise up new prophets and I'm just saying Lord would you raise up people that are not afraid that are not tamed that have not been neutered by religion religion has neutered so many of the prophets I believe Jezebel has had the prophets hiding in the caves and God is saying it's time to come out from hiding from sexual for sexual immorality or for shame or guilt or condemnation and God is anointing calling there's 1200 of you watching God is calling you right now you did not come in here by accident as I said we're not here because we have nothing better to do God is marking you and God is calling you and God is cleansing his church and Jeremiah to be honest I believe we're just seeing the very beginning of the cleansing many people said well COVID shut down the church or COVID pandemic I believe that it just revealed what was already going on in the church and that was we had a dead anemic weak church pastors are telling me well you know 
know, I have 5,000 members and we reopen, we have 500 members or I had 5,000 members and I have 20 people watching my streams. And the reality was those people were in your church, but they weren't in Christ. They were in your building, but they were never hungry for revival. They were never hungry for awakening. They were never showing up the prayer meetings. And I believe now God is raising up people that are preaching the word with power and authority. And there's a remnant that is hungry. There's a remnant that is tired of playing religion, that is tired of dead church that says, tell me what is God saying to the church? Tell me what did Jesus teach on miracles, on signs? I know I'm rambling here, but I really believe that there's a, a group of people that are starving for the word of God. There's a group of people that are waiting for God to cleanse his church because I think the time now that where God cleanses, where God sweeps out, he told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I could see what is happening in the temple. You think that I can't see the complacency, the lukewarmness, the, the sexual immorality that is breaking out in the churches. But he said, Ezekiel, I see what is happening in my house and I believe we're in a great time. You've been preaching this. You've been talking about this, but I believe that we're in a time where God is cleansing his body and God's using the prophets and the prophetic anointing to do this, to confront people I know bring you in. They bring me in and they want a nice word and they want, you know, a tame word and they don't want us to offend anybody. But the prophetic anointing is a, is offensive. The prophetic anointing confronts demonic powers. The, confronting, the prophetic anointing confronts demonic ideologies, the demonic grace gospel. This gospel, it says, you can live however you want. If you're going to prophesy, make sure that it's nice. If you're going to prophesy, make sure you don't offend anybody. Make sure you don't convict anybody. Don't talk about judgment. Don't talk about any of this, but God is raising up true prophetic voices that are going to shout the word of the Lord and the presence and the fear of God, I believe, is coming back to the church. I know I'm going here, but I just really believe that now is the time for some of you in the chat right now that are watching, some of you pastors, open up your mouth. Open up your, start getting excited about the things of God. Start preaching the word of God. I know there's people that are bringing me out to come preach on deliverance that a year ago would have never brought me. I've had pastors tell me, Jeremiah, we thought our church was solid until COVID happened and we realized that we were unprepared and we were unequipped to deal with trying times. I believe the times are going to get increasingly harder, but in the midst of that, God is raising up a church that's going to know how to expose darkness, how to expose the enemy's kingdom and really bring revival and really bring deliverance. I want to just tell some of you pastors, stop being wimps, stop being cowards. One of the words God has been giving me is he's removing the wimps from the pulpit and raising up warriors. He told Gideon's army, he said, if you're a coward, then just go home. And 20,000 people were cowards and left. And God is, and I know, I know this is not popular, but it's our stream so we can say this. One of the reasons I believe mega churches are being emptied out and I love mega churches, nothing wrong with them, but I believe God is sending the cowards home. God is sending those home that are not serious. God has done playing games with the American church with this watered down, bless me nursery. And God is sounding the trumpet, blowing the trumpet. God has raised you up for such a time as this to begin to bring cleansing and revival to the house of God. And we're seeing God is making this go viral. You're speaking words, Jeremiah, that are bold, that are confrontive, and God's making them go viral because he's trying to get his word out. And God is desperate for somebody to stand up and say, yes, God, I'll preach a cleansing word. I'll preach a word of revival. I really, I just bear witness what you're saying, because I believe now's the time for a cleansing in God's house. Yeah, man, that's so good. You know, I've been saying, I, I believe that we're entering a new era. I believe that COVID-19 is like a marker um, in the spirit where we can no longer go back to business as mm. usual. And I have a little bit of a different language for it. You know, I, I believe that a lot of the American church, our issue when you talk about the cleansing is we have modeled ourselves more off of a franchise rather than a family. 
And so, you know, in the franchise American Christianity, you know, it's like Burger King, have it your way. And so, you know, it's all about entertainment. It's all about making people feel good. You know, you know, we're, we're, we're making people so comfortable that now God's uncomfortable. Mm. And so to me, if we get away from franchise Christianity pre-COVID, and we really do believe that there's a new era dawning in the body of Christ and we start being a family, you know, even getting back to the prophetic Isaiah what if we're going to be a family and we're talking about the prophetic we have to understand that in the old covenant prophets hung out in caves in the new covenant prophets go from caves to dining room tables and so i want to be that voice of encouragement again if you want to grow as a prophetic voice if you want God to use you and commission you to the body of Christ behind the commissioning has to be a commitment to the secret place, to being consecrated before the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. God wants to raise up voices that are not tainted by pornography, sexual immorality, and in a family, we love people enough to tell them the truth. And in family, dad's not going to give a gifted 14-year-old keys to a car. And so I believe parts of the American church are crumbling because we continue to give people keys of authority that have quit on intimacy. I want to say that again. We, we are continuing to give people keys of authority, leadership, they're gifted, they've got charisma. We set them in places of leadership and it's causing a crumbling because they've quit on intimacy. So it's in that secret place. You know, what is the prophetic? What is the prophet? Listen, it's about 75% down on your knees. I know that in the digital age, people don't understand this because they're looking at certain people. You know, Isaiah, I can just tell you, I have a whole team that runs all of our social media. I know a lot of people think it's me, but it's not. They're, they're, they're busy doing the whatever. I'm just on my face. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm loving my wife. I'm spending time with my kids. I believe all of the things. So what are we hungry for? I, I hope that the folks watching tonight are challenged. What are you impressed by? Are you just, you know, on popular Christian websites? Oh, man, this guy's got it going on because all these people are following him. Well, listen, if you never see, I, I know guys, you never see pictures of their wife you, or, or you never see pictures of their kids. They've been married five times. They've been moved in 10 different states. They don't, they, you know, they got a, they, they, they're a part of some network apostle that really it's just, it's just all of that stuff is, is I'm, I'm giving like a major 10 thumbs down to that kind of lifestyle. It's toxic. And again, over time, time is one of the greatest testers. You see people hit the circuit and then God begins to test them. So Isaiah, maybe one of the last things I want to say, and then maybe we can jump into some questions or, or maybe something different. But, you know, you started off the stream, Isaiah, talking about some of the words that I had given you that have come to pass. And I just I wanted to just take a minute because you meet people all the time that say they can't hear God's voice or or, or you know, I got a prophecy and it never came to pass. 
the Hebrew understanding for the word listen is to listen with the intent of obeying. A lot of people are not hearing God's voice because they have zero intention of doing what he says. And so as someone that has taught literally hundreds of prophetic schools, here's the problem that we make a lot of times in prophetic training. We focus it on hearing God at the expense of obeying God. The prophetic movement has to shift from more than, okay, this is how you hear God speaks in dreams and visions and intimate time and revelation and all of that stuff, all the mechanics. And the reason why a lot of people have never, and this is why I want to encourage you and just say, Isaiah, you're walking in what God's called you to do. I believe some of the words that I've given you, I've given you a few hard words. I know that I have that, 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 that challenge you to make some really hard decisions. And you, you made those decisions. You obeyed the word of the Lord. And I believe you reap the benefit of it. So, you know, a lot of people, they might be on the stream tonight saying, give me a word, give me a word. God's not going to give you a word because you have no intention of obeying. And, and Lord, you know, open up a door. Well, the Lord opens up a door and you say, how about another door? You know, Lord, bring me my spouse. And they don't look like what you thought. Oh, Lord, can I? And it's just schizophrenic, you know, prophetic kind of stuff. So I just want to encourage folks, if you're really wanting to step into hearing the voice of God, posture your heart, check your heart. Oh, there's a prophet going into town. You know, maybe he'll give me a word. Well, maybe, but you better spend a day before maybe fasting and praying saying, Lord, reveal, you know, reveal anything in my heart that's resistant to what you might want to say. And then lastly, Isaiah, you know, people say, well, every word that I get has to confirm what I have in my spirit and or I'm going to throw it out. I want to caution people about that because when you go down that line and say, the only word I'm going to receive is what's in my spirit, you're assuming that you're in step with the spirit of God. So if I just limit every prophecy to, it's already got to be something that I know. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, Isaiah, every major prophecy I've ever gotten that's come to pass my life completely in left field was not on my radar, hit me like a two by four. And then, and you know, I remember when God called me to plant a church, it was the last thing I ever wanted to do. And I'm crying saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to plant a church. This wasn't my idea. God, no. And I remember the Lord saying to me, that's exactly right. I'm calling you to do this so that you could never take credit. You could never say, well, I thought of that. I, I'm, I, I believe the Lord wants to speak to people himself through his word, through other people and light them up with something totally off their radar that requires partnership and obedience. 
So, so good. I wanted to just touch on this because I know you post a lot of prophetic dreams you're having, a lot of prophetic words on the Facebook page that have, many of them have gone viral. People are reading them. And I just keep saying they're going viral because this is really something that is supernatural. This is something that God is doing right now online. I was telling you a little bit about how our pages are growing and I don't know how they're growing. It's just a supernatural thing that God will get his word out. Listen, if God wants to get a word out, God knows how to get a word out and how he wants to do it. So I would love if you would, I know you shared some of your testimony, but if you would talk a little bit behind the scenes of the dreams you have and how did this start? How did these prophetic dreams start? What did you think when you started getting them? Because I know you've had a lot of dreams that you'll post and then they'll come to pass within like a month or six months or a year. And I know you can go into some of those if you like, but I would love you just to share on the realm of prophetic dreams because I very rarely hear people talk about dreams. We get callers on Monday night. Last night, I had several callers that were like, tell me about prophetic dreams. And I just told them to be honest. I said, I don't have many dreams. I'll have, I'll maybe have one prophetic dream a month personally and so I would love for you if you don't mind just to share a bit on prophetic dreams or maybe some of the dreams you've gotten or how you started getting them or where did you start in that and maybe give some people some insight on the prophetic dreams you get yeah that's that's a great question you know I had mentioned my my supernatural birth experience God calling me um, I was prophesied over at a meeting at seven years old by a prophet who came into town, an older man in my dad's church and prophesied to me that I would be a dreamer of dreamers, that I would write books, that I travel around the world. And honestly, Isaiah, from that night, I never remember not dreaming. Wow. Um, I'm the kind of guy I literally dream all night. Um, I'll be honest with you, though, and I try to be honest with people. I don't want to give the gift that God has given me mm. to anyone. And that doesn't come from a selfish place. Um, it's just all the warfare that comes with the mm. kind of gift that God has given me. I really don't enjoy going to sleep. It feels like work to me. A lot of times when I will travel into different regions, I remember recently I preached in Nashville I went to sleep that night in the hotel room and got about two hours of sleep because I was wrestling a principality over Nashville that came and visited me. So I know a lot of the stuff that that I'm putting out over, you know, a 20 year period of growing in dreams is maybe in a different category than than folks because, uh, you know, when you share dreams, people, they uh, th they send you their dreams. You know, they think you're a dream interpreter. And I've been dreaming um, literal, not symbolic. And so a lot of people dream very symbolically. For me, I dream very literally. It's like a movie reel. It just in real time appears before me. Um, and it's, 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 it's hardly symbolic. So for a lot of people, they dream symbolically and you get it's a realm of mystery and all that stuff, you know, and, and, and I would encourage people, you know, you know, rather than running to dream books, you know, this is what a car means. This is what a bear means. I mean, I think that there is some validity in that because I do know a couple of prophets. James Gall is one of them that has a fantastic book on prophetic dreaming. I would encourage people, though, don't let that be your first um, run to, if you will, or source. Ask the Holy Spirit um, to reveal what he's trying to say. But, you know, by the time I was nine years old, I was sharing dreams from my dad's church, um, you know, from the microphone, people would 
Um, you know, I'd have a dream, you know, there's a, a, a lady with brown hair, her name's Susan, she's coming. Sure enough, the next day at church, a lady named Susan with brown hair would show up. And then as I got older, you know, probably around 19, I started having dreams about nations and presidents and all this stuff. And um, I would say, you know, in, in terms of stewardship, Isaiah, I taught myself almost a full total recall. And what I mean by that, a lot of people comment and say, dude, your dreams are so um, detailed. How do you? And so, you know, Isaiah, from the time I was literally an adolescent, I would sleep with a tape recorder by my bed. And when I would wake up, I would hit play and I would speak out everything that I had seen and heard. And then most of the time I'd go back to sleep. And so it gave me a way of accountability and recall um, where I trained myself over a period of years. And then I would write them in my journal and then I would just sit on them, pray them. I know a lot of people, they're frustrated. What do I do with this? What is God saying? I'm a, I'm a big stewardship guy. Just try to be faithful with what the Lord has given you. And again, when your time comes, Isaiah, I remember me. I remember when Charisma published the first dream that I had. It had over one million views. Okay, it, it was in probably 2000, maybe 13, 14. Just and again, I had been the same dreaming kid all those years. I had faithfully stewarded them. I was a man of character. And then the Lord connected me with an individual who the Lord saw fit to send it out to the nation. And I've honestly never looked back. So again, there are people on this call. You're called, you're gifted, your experiences are real, but it, it just might not be your quote time yet. But again, just from the bottom of my heart, folks, um, you, you are valued, you are treasured, you are loved, not having a public platform, who cares? Um, I just, I, I, I just, I hate what, um, the digital age in some ways has done to people where, it, you know, they look at people like me or Isaiah or, or others and, oh, you know, they're getting likes and shares and like, dude, just be faithful with with the sphere that God has given, you know, listen, Isaiah and I, we're going to have to answer to the Lord for hundreds of thousands, millions. Hey, praise God. If you only have to answer to the Lord for five, 10, 50 people, amen. Just, just be faithful with what the Lord has given you. And, and the ultimate so source of discouragement for many people is when we compare ourselves to others it's, it's okay if you had a dream and God said, I love you. Praise God. It, it's okay if you didn't have a dream about some national event and all that stuff. That that's, that's okay. So I hope that that also encourages some people. But for me, it started, you know, really, really young. Um, I was given an opportunity to exercise my prophetic gifts as a young guy, tape recorder, journal, just stewarding them. And then around 2013 is when I met somebody and I've just been doing the same thing. My first book um, was actually called Chronicles of the Unknown Dreamer. Uh, that was the that was the very first ministry name I went under because, you know, the dreams would go all over the world. You know, people like who the heck is this? So I just went I went by the name Unknown Dreamer 
And then now I thought about the next one, calling it Chronicles of the Known Dreamer, because, you know, I was prophesying about Obama and Hillary Clinton and Iraq and Syria, and they were just going viral. So, um, yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting rocked. If you don't mind, I would love to shoot you a couple questions that people have sent in through Instagram. I know if you're on Facebook, you're like, how come I didn't get to ask? And guys, please, please, please. There's 1,200 of you and all of you are trying to comment right now. So don't try to ask questions through the comments. We already kind of categorized some of the basic and the most commonly asked questions down from Instagram. So if you're not on Instagram, you got to get on there because that's where we do our Q&A. But if I could just shoot a couple of these to you, I would love you to give me some insight on these. Um, The first one is when you're prophesying. Now, I know you give, we've talked about the office of the prophet specifically, but I do know you give obviously prophetic words and you do prophesy over people in your meetings you prophesy i've seen you prophesy over other ministers you prophesied over me on several occasions when you're prophesying and in your take is there certain things that we shouldn't prophesy and i know that's probably like one of the most asked questions you always get but is there certain things that when you teach people to prophesy and you're raising up these prophets that you tell them these are areas you shouldn't prophesy or talk about when it comes to the prophetic yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, and again, I mentioned it before. Um, I'll answer it briefly. But if you really want to get into the mechanics of prophecy, I have written so many books. I'm thinking of one I wrote called Cleansing and Igniting the Prophetic. I wrote another one called I See a New Prophetic Generation. You can go to jeremiahjohnson.tv and grab that. I wrote them to answer questions like this. But Again, if if you are a prophetic person, Paul is very clear. He puts limitations on believers with the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is for the encouragement, the comfort, and the strength of God's people. So mm-hmm. if that if you are just a prophetic person and you have not gone through proper training and the wilderness, I don't believe you should at all be getting up there trying to rebuke and correct Mm. and all that stuff. And again, part of the training of a prophet is there's such a degree of crushing that they go through to teach them how to deliver the word of the Lord with the heart of the Lord. Come on. You, you, I hear a lot of people prophesy they're trying to rebuke or correct in the spirit in which they're prophesying is not the heart of the Lord, which indicates to me there's just simply a realm of crushing in the wilderness that they've refused to go through. So I want to make sure that we're separating those. But, you know, Isaiah, I mean, maybe I'll just mention it, man. When I started traveling around and preaching, because the Lord has gifted me prophetically. And remember, there are all sorts of types of prophets, okay? There there are prophets that can prophesy over you personally. And then there are prophets that I know, they're, they're not really personal prophetic people. They have dreams for the nation. So there's different prophetic anointings. But for me, Isaiah, my journey was when I first started doing public ministry, I would just stand people up and prophesy to them and move in words of knowledge and miracles and, you know, predicting the future, all of those things. And I had a dream one night where I stood before a judge. Okay. And it was one of the most scariest dreams of my life. I stand before a judge and the Lord says to me, I I actually put this on Facebook one time and went viral. It said, Jeremiah, I have this against you. 
And I stood before this judge and, and the judge was God. He said to me, Jeremiah, I have this against you. You, I love that you're personally prophesying to people, but the, but the way that the Lord said it to me is you're giving them candy. The, their teeth are rotting out because you're not preaching the word of God. I want you to preach my word, and then if there's time at the end, I want you to personally prophesy. So Isaiah, I went through a six-year period, of, and, and I, I still at times fight it because I know the Lord. A lot of times when I get up somewhere, I'll just want to, let's close up the Bible and just start prophesying. And, you know, let's be real, bro. You're going to get a better offering and people are going to like you more if you just stand up and give them prophetic words. God has dealt so decisively with me. Many of my meetings, I don't prophesy over anyone. In fact, I call it white witchcraft. There's a white witchcraft spirit that's so manipulating and controlling where there's a line that you can cross from honoring men to worshiping them, where so many of these people that come to prophetic gatherings, they love the God, they, they know the prophet more than they know the God of the prophet. So for me, it's been a journey and, and people ask me all the time, you know, train me in the prophetic, Jeremiah. And I say, read your Bible. Um, I'm just like a big believer. There are so many prophetic people, prophets, they're, they're great at one-liners, they're great at social media, and they literally do not know the Word of God. They do not read, you know, and again, I'm just being me. I love commentaries. I love concordances. I love diving into the Word because the Word is eternal. So, gosh, we could have a revolution in the prophetic movement if it was less about spontaneous and more about rooting and grounding a generation in the word of God. So we want to marry him, but I hope that that helps. I just think a lot of times preach the word and then you need to kind of discover more. Are you called to the office of a prophet? What, what kind of training experience? And then are you a prophetic person? Then you really should keep it to generally no dates, no mates, no mm. all all of that, all of that directive, predictive stuff. If you don't have pop proper training and God hasn't called you to be a prophet, that stuff is totally off limits. That's so good. So good. That was such an awesome answer. One of the things I wanted to talk about too that you're kind of already touching on it, but maybe just give us a little bit of insight. Is there when you're prophesying over someone, somebody asks, is there a way to be sure that I'm not adding to the prophecy when I'm giving it to somebody? And I know in Ezekiel, it talks about prophets that prophesy out of their imagination. And I'll be honest, I've gotten caught, especially in my early days when I started prophesying over people and giving words and you know, you stand up and I agree with you hundred percent. There are days where I'm like, man, it would be, it would be so powerful if I called people off, I stand them up and I've done that on several occasions. But most of the time, God's like, what's more edifying? You giving three people a prophetic word or are you preaching to this massive audience repentance and holiness and in reality i'm going into churches and many times biblically the church is full of people that are not going to heaven according to scripture and so i always have this burden of like lord these people don't know you they're not walking in holiness they don't have any relationship they're not seeing a move of god in their life and why am i going to bring three people up and prophesy a new car over them when this place needs repentance and holiness so for me i oftentimes don't even get around and i have passed well can you call people out can you do this and i want to 
to and I and I'm like Lord let me and God's like no you need to preach what I've called you to preach which for me a lot of times is that holiness that judgment that drawing a line but I believe that's part of the anointing the calling that God has given me specifically but I've had times especially in my early days where I would prophesy and it was like it felt so good the Holy Spirit's moving and then you get to that place where you you I guess I could say you prophesy too long and you start adding on to it and you're like oh man this is totally not me this is I mean this is totally not the Holy Spirit this is me and so can you give us any insight on you know how do I know especially these some of these new people in the chat that are just starting to get into prophecy and giving prophetic words and they're not I believe called to the office but they're they have that gift of prophecy is there a line that you teach people that like okay this is where you should stop don't keep adding on don't give your imagination don't give like the obvious where if you see someone wearing a certain thing and you prophesy you know I see the Lord bringing you into uh, this uh, business office and they're dressed as like a total businessman they just got off work and they still have their badge on and you're trying to prophesy over them business you know what I mean is there a place where it's like okay stop God's not speaking anymore or how do we navigate that yeah I mean honestly Isaiah a lot of that just comes through discipleship and it comes mm. through experience um, you know just you know I, I always give you know five ways to grow in prophetic maturity again this is a, a an entire chapter in a book that I wrote and I, I hope that it's not being um, you know just skirting the thing but I, no, I no. really have given a, a major a majority of my time to trying to train and equip people but I think you know practice and experience you'll you'll know but but I think that again you know one of the things is profiling you know all the time you know I, I tell people the one time Samuel missed it and all of the scriptures was, you know, the Lord rebuked him. Man looks at the outward appearance, wow. but God looks at the heart. And so a lot of people, they just miss it because they're looking at an exterior. Uh, and again, a lot of what we're talking about is these kind of environments. It's, mm. it, I think that there is charismatic white witchcraft prophetic gatherings. I call it sanctified psychic reading. Wow. And I don't want to blow up the, the chat too much right now or, or kind of flip people out. But listen, the, the difference between prophets and psychics, okay, is a psychic can read your heart back to you, but a prophet reads God's heart back to you. Wow. And so I'm concerned that a lot of in these prophetic environments, it's just sanctified psychic reading. It's people, listen, prophetic people are feelers, they're burden bearers, they can pick up what's going on in people's hearts. And again, as a as the person prophesying, if you're not careful, you're just going to confirm what's in people's hearts. And then the, the, the thing that's difficult, Isaiah, is what if what's in people's heart is not God's will? You know, so let me give you an example. I was at a meeting with a guy. He stood up this lady, said, you're called to move to California. You're going to be a millionaire. Awesome. That lady moves to California and she's dirt broke and loses all that she has. Never became a millionaire. What happened? That prophet read her heart back to her. She wanted to move to California. She wanted to become a millionaire. And that was never God's will for her life. So 
my thing is, is if you're trying to prophesy to people, you better check your heart that you're actually hooked up to heaven and you're not just feeling something that, that they're, they're wanting. And then secondly, folks, if you're going to a meeting and you're trying to hear from a prophet and you actually want a word from God, uh, you better clear out your filter, cleanse your heart. You better make, if you, oh Lord, give me a word. We'll make sure that you're open to Lord. I just want your will, not my will, but yours be done. And if that, if that's not the case, then it, this is just this sanctified psychic reading and Isaiah, I'm just telling you, man, I've been in enough prophetic circles, been and been around enough of this prophetic stuff. I'm convinced at least 50% of what we're calling prophetic in the body of Christ is not authentic prophecy. And we, it just, you know, the prophetic movement's a train wreck. That's why I've given my life to so many of these e-courses, the books, all this stuff. There's a reformation that's coming, but um, you know, when, when are false prophets going to stop prophesying? Uh, when you stop giving them your money, uh, when you stop cash apping them because you just want to hear something good tonight. Um, that some of this stuff, I mean, it just, it's just, ter it's terrible, man. It, it breaks my heart. You know, I was with a major minister. If I tell you his name, uh, you would know him. And I went and preached for this guy and, you know, down at the end, it was, you know, prophecy time. We're going to prophesy. And he literally brings out two colored envelopes. The blue envelope was for a thousand dollar seed. The red envelope was for like a five thousand dollar seed. And so people had to get in line based off of how much money they were going to sow. And I literally look at this guy and I'm like, dude, this has nothing to do with the Lord. You you are going to prophesy for money. I'm fine. You want to give a love offering out of your free will. But folks, when you're going to these meetings and they're saying, yeah, there are 50 people in here, according to Isaiah 50, and they're scammers, they're prophesying, they're getting ready to take all your money. And that's what I'm saying. 50%, 50% of the people on this chat have been to these kinds of meetings where they're getting scammed and pimped by prophetic whores, okay? People that are not, they're not prophets and you're propping up their system and you're just sowing this money to hear from God. And it, it's, it's terrible, uh, Isaiah, what people have been exposed to, what they're doing on Christian television in the name of God, this whole sowing seed. So folks, run the other way. People that are trying to make you pay for a prophecy it's totally whack. You, I get, you know, investing and training and equipping and growing in your gift, buying books. But if, if, if people are charging you for a word from God, you might as well go to a psychic. I mean, what's the difference? You know, they read your palms. This guy is just going to, you know, yeah. So I'm going to so get good. off that. But you're man, firing it me up, so man. You're firing me up. No, it's so true. And guys, I want to say this. I know this is something you wouldn't say. And we were talking about this when we were together at Fresh Start, but 
when we talk about stuff happening in the church, we're not talking about books that we've read. We're not talking about what we saw somebody post. We're talking about we've been in these rooms. We've been in these green rooms that, in my opinion, are more like locker rooms. We've heard this talk. Jeremiah's been on shows where this is happening behind the scenes. And so we're not preaching. I always talk about the school of experience as better than the school of theology or the school of prophets or the school of anything. The school of experience. We're talking about we've experienced the corruption, the pollution, Jezebel that's been flowing in the church. And we know Jezebel, Revelation says, loves to teach. Jezebel loves to prophesy. She loves to get up in the church and try to vomit on people and preach her false doctrine. And the problem wasn't that they, you know, were thinking Jezebel was okay. It was that they tolerated her. And we have to come to a place, guys, where you stop tolerating these demonic things, these Jezebel prophets, these Jezebel pastors. What Paul says, they're preaching a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. And we, and the Bible says you gladly accept these people. I look at some of your guys' walls and the, the preachers that you're sharing and they've been with three different women they're posting twerk videos on TikTok these famous preachers I could call them out by name but I won't they're over there getting hammered and wasted with celebrities and you have no problem sharing their posts you have no problem sharing their churches because they make you feel good and God is saying when are you going to draw a line when are we going to as the body of Christ stop halting between two opinions and choose the side and say Lord I'm going to choose the side of holiness of consecration and not popularity and I'm going here, but you just stirred me up. I really think that we're in a time where God is sifting right now and God is drawing a line in the sand. I'm going to ask you one more and then I'll, I'm going to let you go. I know it's getting late. I want to ask you one more question and then we'll, we'll just pray over the chat and I'm going to let you go here. But this was the one that we had like probably 40 different people wrote in asking about this. Just a specific thing. How can I test a word when I'm getting a prophetic word from somebody, whether they're genuine, whether they're not, is there anything we can do to test the word to see if it's from God or not? Or is there any safeguards you have? You know, I know a lot of you on the chat are like, well, I got a word from this guy and it contradicted the word that I got from from this guy and that got prophetic word when I was 12 and we do have this hyper prophetic movement that wants these fortune cookie prophecies and I think you I think you started the broadcast and hit it on the head a lot of us want prophetic words but we're, we're not even we have no intention of obeying the prophetic word we have notebooks full of prophetic words and we've never done any of them we don't have a secret place we don't pray we don't fast we don't read and we're sitting around thinking that this notebook of prophetic words is going to launch us into our destiny but is there any safeguards we can have when somebody's giving us a word that we can test what we call like test the spirit to know whether it is, you know, of God or not. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's a great question. It's a familiar one. Um, you know, I, I think you know it's it's not only testing the prophecy, but it's testing the spirit behind mm. the prophecy. Um, you know, I think uh, just a, a couple of things that come to my mind. You know, one, does the prophecy is it congruent with the character and nature of God? You know, mm. oh, I got a I got a prophecy that uh, you know. Um, you know, they told me to leave my wife. Well, but, you know, that that's not congruent with the character of God. You know, secondly, is it congruent with the word of God? So a lot of prophecies you can just throw out because it doesn't line up with the character and nature of God. Secondly, it doesn't line up with the word of God. And again, Isaiah, as I said before, for a lot of the problem in the prophetic is they don't read their Bibles. Mm. They're, they're, they're just visiting another revival, another prophet. They don't have a home church. They're not accountable to anyone. They don't read their Bible, but they're just looking for a prophetic word. So they don't even know how to line it up wow. with the character and nature of God or the word of God uh, because they don't really know it. And then thirdly, you know, fulfillment 
Um, you know, obviously, if the prophecy comes to pass, but I, I will say this, Isaiah, most New Testament prophecy is conditional. Mm, and a lot of this is it. this is one of the, the, the greatest errors in the current prophetic movement is I got a prophetic word. Therefore, it's going wow. to come to pass. Most New Testament prophecy requires partnership. Let me even give you an example in the Old Testament. The prophetic word came to the nation of Israel. There's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. How many people inherited that prophecy too? Caleb and Joshua. There was millions of people that died in the desert because they operated in fear and unbelief rather than faith, which leads to the occupation of the promises of God. So when you get a prophetic word, I always tell people, listen, the, the deeper the prophetic word is, the deeper the consecration it requires. Mm. So a lot of times people are like, well, I want a word that I'm going to be a nation-shaking revivalist. Well, listen, if you want to be a nation-shaking revivalist, you better get down on your knees and start asking God what needs to leave your life wow. to partner with that word. So Isaiah, I went from the guy wanting to sit in the on the front row and get a prophetic word to sitting in the back saying, oh God, I hope they don't call me out because I began to recognize the greater the word of destiny, the greater the power of consecration had to be. So, you know, when it comes to testing the prophecy, I mean, character, nature of God, the word of God, but you also better be sitting there saying, Lord, what, what needs to change in my life? You know, you, yeah, you're going to be the next Billy Graham. No, you're not. If you keep playing video games and eating potato, oh, well, the prophet was off the word net. No, you, you need to true prophecy always gives us a prayer agenda. When you get a word from God, the word of the Lord, you need to take it to him in prayer. You need to wash yourself over it and say, Lord, how can I partner with it? So good. I love it. That's a great place to pray right there. I would love for you, if you, whatever you feel, I feel, I'm just, as you've been talking this whole time, I feel like more than like, oh Lord, release the prophetic anointing or activate prophets. I feel like there's a, an altar call of repentance right now where there's a lot of people in the chat that are feeling the conviction, feeling the fear of the Lord and feeling like they're out of alignment with God's word, out of alignment with God's will. And so I really would love for you to just to pray. I feel like, man, there's just a repentance. There's a holiness. There's a prayer of David, search my heart, find if there's anything in you that offends you. Cause I, I think what you're saying is there's an alignment coming to God's house. There's a cleansing coming and God is looking to straighten people out so that he can use them. If we're living our lives, as you said, with our marriages all off, off the wall, our families off the wall, sexual sin or like pornography in our life, we are out of alignment with the word of God. I tell people before, you're not going to walk by a vending machine that says out of order and start putting quarters in it. So why are you expecting God to invest in you when your entire life is out of order and broken? We're going, God, why aren't you using me? And God's going, you're giving me a pile of sticks, telling me to build a log cabin, and you're not giving me anything to work with. This is why Paul says, you can either be a golden vessel or just an average wooden vessel. I don't want to be an average normal. I've been preaching that God's raising up special force believers. I want to be on the special forces. I want to be a spiritual sniper. I'm not trying to live my life on the fringes of some dead religious hour and a half on Sunday morning, giving God a less than 1% of my leftover time. But I feel like there's a call to consecration. There's a call to holiness. I know 
know that this is we've been on here an hour and 15 minutes but i know this has been your life message this has been my life message many of your books people think oh I'm, i want but they're revolved around purging cleansing and really holiness and consecration and so if you just pray however you feel led i'm not trying to tell you what to pray or what any of that i just really do feel like man there's conviction some people in the chat right now they're crying there's some people have been saying they're shaking but there is a there is a conviction right now where god's drawing a line in the sand for a lot of people yeah man and you know you look at titus and timothy the qualifications for church leadership have zero to do with gifting come on there is you know when paul told timothy here's the standard for church leadership it ha makes no mention of any kind of gifts it's all about character mm. and so i just really want to encourage people on the stream tonight let's pray for you uh, thank you, Lord, for those watching tonight that are gifted, that are called, Lord, that are that are in a process, Lord, just like Isaiah and I are. And Lord, we're just asking God that your light would shine. Lord, let your light shine on an emerging prophetic generation, Lord, and let us be those who have character that matches anointing. Lord, I pray that the only guy in scripture that we're really looking at is Jesus. He was full of all power and all authority, yet was without sin. Lord, the sin in the Bible was never meant to excuse ours. And so, Lord, I just pray that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, would be our example, our architect, Lord, the blueprint. And Lord, I just pray that we keep, keep our eyes focused on you in jesus name amen jeremiah thank you thank you thank you i know we're friends we've been doing stuff together for years but i do want to say and i'm not i'm not casual about it i don't want you to think oh it's no big deal you know oh yeah i had him on because we're friends i really do honor i appreciate you i appreciate your heart for the prophetic the cleansing i know we talked about this a while back how god has really put you in that prophetic circle to really bring a cleansing and bring this alignment and so i just want to say man i'm excited to do some stuff together next year i appreciate you i i, I did link you in the description as i said earlier but is there anywhere else that you can send people i know all of his books guys are on amazon and also on his website but is there anywhere else that you want to plug people into any events coming up any links you want to give out that people can follow you on if there's anything else you want to say yeah you could just go to jeremiahjohnson.tv our travel schedule oh man hold on you just cut out not at the very end hold on let me see if i can get him back on here it just froze guys give me one second here let me see if I can get him back connected. Let me change the server. One second. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him back on. Let's see. Well, thank the Lord that that happened at the very end and not during the broadcast because it's load. It's trying to load him back in. Let's see if we can get him back in here. There's some people posting links right there. I think Michael just posted a link to his page. I'm not sure why. I'm going to try really quick to get him back in here. It looks like his server went down. So guys, if you want to go to his website, jeremiahjohnson.tv, it's right there. I've also linked him in the description so you can check him out, guys. Such a powerful stream. I want to challenge you guys. Listen, as we said, we're not charging prophetic words, none of that, but guys, so into what God is doing. I want to sow into Jeremiah tonight. I want to sow definitely a seed into him. I'm going to be sending him some finances tonight. So please, if you were blessed tonight, I don't know why it cut him out. I'm just grateful that it happened at the very end. It's trying to load him back in. I don't know if it's going to load him back in. I think his Wi-Fi might have went out, but guys, if you would sow a seed, into the ministry tonight i'll make sure that he gets it you can give through paypal you can give through venmo i have my zell let me just take this picture down okay i have my zell right there on screen i have my paypal on screen 
I'm going to spend some time here reading the donations in the chat. Um, and there's some people posting his links, jeremiahjohnson.tv. What an awesome stream. As we say every week, don't dine in dash. There's 1,100 of you watching. If everybody gives something small, I don't know if it's going to reconnect him here. I'm going to try to get him back on here. But if not, thank you so much, Jeremiah, if you're still listening. His link's right there in the chat. But if you guys would so, if you want to become a monthly partner with our ministry, you can go to isaiasaldivar.com slash partner. It's also right there in the comments. Click the second link. You're going to get 70 messages and then 25% off the merch store as well. I don't know if you're listening, Jeremiah. If you want to jump back in and give yourself a shout out, um, you can do that as well. I'll leave it open. But guys, IsaiahSalivar.com slash partner. Become a monthly partner. So into what God is doing. We partner with so many different things. Pray about becoming a monthly partner for what God is doing, guys. The links are all right there. I have Venmo. I have Zelle. I have PayPal. So, so, so. It's biblical. I'm not. We're not beggars. We're believers. We're not taking up a huge 30-minute uh, offering, giving you all the, the principles of giving or none of that. Just I would just say, if you want to sow into what God's doing, it's good ground to sow into, and you will reap if you sow. Okay, let me read through some of these donations, guys. We'll be live again Friday night. Listen, guys, there's a 1,000 of you on. Do not log off yet. We're going to be teaching on Friday night on angels, angels among us. We're going to be talking about cherubim. We're going to be talking about guardian angels. We're going to be giving you an insane amount of verses talking about angels. If you want to find him on Facebook, he's linked in the description of this video. So when we get done, his his page is linked. All you have to do is click the description. Friday, we're going to be talking about angels and how they work in scripture, how they work in spiritual warfare. A lot of believers, a lot of you watching right now have no clue about angels. There's no angel activity in your life. And so I want to train you up. I want to equip you. God has been giving me some revelation on the angelic realm and the hundreds of times. There's literally hundreds of verses on angels. Yet when's the last time you heard anybody preach on angels in the average American church or preacher? So we're going to be talking about that. You don't want to miss that. On Thursday, we're going to be posting the flyer for Friday. I have a guest I'm waiting to confirm for Tuesday. It's going to be exciting. You don't want to miss this. So get in these teachings, guys. As I said, subscribe to us on YouTube. God is doing something powerful on the YouTube channel, on the YouTube page. So please like and subscribe. Please sow into what God is doing. Help me bless him tonight by sowing in. The links are there. Five, ten, twenty dollars. There's eight hundred of you still on here. So into what God is doing. Get his books. Follow him on his pages and support the move of God. Please, please, please. It's good ground to sow into. Thank you guys so much. Okay, as you guys are sowing, as you guys are giving, I want to go ahead and do read some of these donations out and thank some of you that have given that are sowing into the page right now. Emmanuel Ruiz, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm reading you guys' comments here. I will read more of the comments at the end, but I want to say, Emmanuel Ruiz, thank you so much for that donation. You're always kicking it off. I'm pretty sure that Emmanuel Ruiz gives first every single week. Thank you, Nettles. Said, great word tonight. Thanks for teaching the body of Christ things that have been left out for too long. Thank you so much, Nettles. Coretta, thank you so much. Joseph Paulino said, God bless from Abilene, Texas. Joseph, thank you so much, bro, for that massive donation. We really do appreciate you. Disciples Remodeling said, love your ministry, Holy Spirit filled. Thank you for always giving it your all. David and Casey Mack. David and Casey Mack. We love you guys. Six o'clock on Friday. Six o'clock right here on this page. 6 p.m. Don't miss it. Friday night. Thank you, Michael, for linking Jeremiah Johnson's page as well. I've never heard a teaching on angels. Can't wait. It's going to be good, guys. I'm excited. Thank you, Disciples Remodeling. Rhonda Stevens, thank you so much. Said thank you for your teaching. Shelly Gallup said watch Sunday deliverances. I was crying and praying wrecked by the Spirit. Amazing. Yes, guys, we're going we're gonna to also upload onto YouTube some of the deliverances from Sunday night. 
as well as the message. So you don't want to miss that. Sunday night was powerful at Hungry Gen in Washington. I know Vlad was watching tonight. I know Bill Wees was watching tonight. So thank you guys, all of you that are watching. I saw Marcus Rogers in the chat tonight. Appreciate you, Mar Marcus. Matt Cruz was in the chat. All of you supporting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to donate through Zelle, you're going to go to Isaiah Luke Saldivar at Yahoo. So if you're on Zelle, type in Isaiah Luke Saldivar at Yahoo as a recipient. It's right... Uh right here on screen if you want to give through Zell. Thank you. My church is in California. We're in California. Jeremiah Johnson said, thanks for having us. God bless. Jeremiah, thank you, bro. I don't know what happened. I think the Wi-Fi or something went out, but somehow it disconnected. Thank you so much for being on here, bro. I really do love and appreciate you and cannot wait to do some more stuff together um, in the future. Thank you so much, bro, for being on the broadcast. It means a lot. We had such a powerful time. Natasha Kiro said, thank you for your message. You're amazing. I take so much from you. God be with you always. Thank you so much, Natasha, for that donation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I get, like I said, thank you to all of you that are pastors and leaders that were on the broadcast tonight. We appreciate you. Z, I see you, bro. You can't hide. Thank you, Z. Thursday night, guys, get in Z's. Uh, Z and Matt Cruz are going to be doing it live together on the Gifts of the Spirit on Thursday night. So shout out to Z. Get on Z's live stream on Thursday night. Guys, we're giving you content every single day. We're streaming every single day. There's always somebody live in our, in our connection, our network. Thank you so much, Kelly Hale. She said this podcast is gold. Take it to heart. We love you, Kelly Hale. We appreciate you. Z said, love the stream. Jeremiah said, sorry, it cut out. Love you all. No worries, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, bro. And guys, Jeremiah is right there in the chat. You can follow the page. He's also linked in the description. Z said, love the streams. I get fed every time. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you. All of you that are watching on YouTube, I forgot to stop recording, so you're all still here. Hit the subscribe button. 50% of our YouTube viewers are not subscribed, so go ahead and hit the subscribe button right now. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.